Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about aggression versus assertion. Does she even know how smart she is? She really needs to start speaking up so we can get the benefit of what she knows. That was typical of the feedback about Maureen. When I asked her what was holding her back from contributing more, she told me she'd always been shy about speaking up. My folks warned all of us not to be too aggressive, she told me. I think the result was that I just stopped talking altogether. Well, I agree with your parents, I told her. Being aggressive isn't a good thing. But the feedback isn't warning you about being aggressive. People want you to be assertive. She looked at me as if I was pulling some bait-and-switch tactic. Are you splitting hairs, she asked. I told her no. To me, this distinction is stark and important. I drew an imaginary line in the air, and I put aggression on one end and assertion on the other. On the aggression side, I put behaviors like bullying, violating people's boundaries, speaking disrespectfully, and diminishing other people's ideas. I told her that aggression feels threatening and damages relationships. On the assertion side, I put behaviors like naming your own thoughts and feelings, respecting the thoughts and feelings of others, being comfortable with disagreement, and an ability to compromise. I told her assertion feels confident and encourages healthy relationships. As we talked, it became clear Maureen imagined assertive behaviors to be quite different from what I'd described. She believed assertion felt forceful, almost brutish. Well, that's not how I experience assertiveness, I told her. To me, people who are unassertive seem to be hiding in the shadows. I don't know what they're thinking or how they're feeling, so for me, it's challenging dealing with them. To me, assertive behaviors simply help people know where you stand without forcing those positions on others. It seems that's what people are wanting from you, Maureen. They want to know where you stand. I felt certain Maureen could learn to speak up more often. I was even pretty certain she could learn assertive speaking styles. What I wasn't sure about was how well she could overcome her own barriers to becoming a more assertive human being. In other words, was she willing to be more visible and let people know where she stood? Throughout my coaching career, I've worked with as many men as women, and I find many issues are gender-neutral. For example, debilitating nervousness seems to affect just as many men as women and focusing too much on results to the detriment of relationships seems to appear in as many women as men. But in my experience, the issue of being non-assertive that Maureen was struggling with is predominantly a women's issue. During a recent talk, my friend and colleague, Dr. Lois Frankel, addressed this in a room of a hundred executive coaches. She asked the women who were present what messages they had received in their families while growing up. The answers poured out with passion. Be quiet. Be good. Help others. Don't brag. Be nice. Put others first. As I listened, I imagined Maureen adding the message she'd gotten from her family. Don't be aggressive. If you grew up with similar messages, it's possible you shy away from assertive behaviors that would actually be totally appropriate and acceptable. One of these behaviors is called speak for yourself. It's explained in detail in an executive coaching tip from July 2006 called 
Speaking for Yourself. You can find it in the archive on our website. It hasn't become a podcast yet, but subscribers will receive it in two weeks. Janice's situation is quite different from Maureen's. She often straddles the midpoint between aggression and assertion. When she first entered the workforce many years ago, she made the decision that the only way to be a serious competitor in the game of business was to play the game like a man. Now in her late 40s, she's a vice president heading up a product team. She's proud of the way she's listened to as an elder stateswoman and of her position of authority at the table with the big boys, as she calls the leadership team. In her staff meetings, Janice is often very funny. She's certainly confident and smart. She never raises her voice. But she does speak quickly. And she often begins talking while others are still speaking. And she often speaks as if hers is the only idea that's right. We'd begun coaching because people on her team were withholding information from her. I contended that certain of her behaviors came off as aggressive and might have scared people. "'What are they scared of?' she asked. "'I don't shoot the messenger or punish people or fly into rages.' "'No, you don't,' I agreed. "'But you don't always seem willing to be persuaded, either.' "'To me, if you want to appear non-aggressive, "'you need to send out the signal that you're willing to be persuaded. "'If you seem to always know what's right and don't suffer fools gladly, "'people may experience you as aggressive.' Just a quick clarification here. Appearing non-assertive is not a good thing. Appearing non-aggressive is. Aggression often occurs when the aggressor feels challenged. In extreme cases, the result could include bullying, name-calling, belittling, or emotional and sometimes even physical violence. The message aggressors send out is, don't mess with me or you'll pay for it. Now, Janice wasn't in that league, to be sure, but she didn't exactly welcome new ideas or contrary ways of thinking. She had fought her way up the ranks, and she felt she knew what worked and what didn't. She wanted her people to get the benefit of her wisdom. She contended she was asserting, not aggressing, herself on behalf of her team so they wouldn't have to struggle the way she had. But her certainty made her appear inflexible. I felt her righteous sense of knowing what's best moved her over the midline of the continuum. Her people were experiencing her as aggressive, and so they hid information from her. Janice was learning a lesson that is tough for many leaders. The lesson? To maintain positive relationships, you have to project a willingness to be persuaded, an openness to change, and the possibility of a different future. For her part, Maureen slowly managed to become more assertive. Throughout our work, she was concerned that other people would experience her new behavior as overbearing and harsh. After we did another feedback report, she began to believe that her concerns were unfounded. In my work with Maureen, I used many different assertiveness tools. Many of them have been explained in past coaching tips. If you'd like to see these assertiveness tools, plus some books you can read, I'd be happy to send you a list of them. Just go to our website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. On every page is a button marked Contact Us. Click on it and ask for the list of assertiveness tools. I'll be happy to send it along. 
Our entire archive of more than four years of coaching tips is available to you for free on our website. From our homepage at EssentialCom.com, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. All the podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, this is Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>